Welcome back to Talk and Toke. I'm Savannah. And I'm Tori. And on this podcast, we're going to be talking about driving while high. And when I say driving while high, I mean on marijuana, not high on anything else. (laughs) Because that's the world we live in today, pretty much. So, uh, what are your opinions on that, Tori? There honestly aren't a lot of places I go if I'm not high. (laughs) So, I mean, my answer might be a little different from everybody else's because, um, as we both know, I have ADHD very bad. So, um, I medicate for that reason. Um, Not that reason alone, but definitely 90% that reason. Um, for me, you know, it, it, it calms me down. I'm not out there looking for something shiny on the road. I'm just, or a squirrel. I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Now, granted, I'd say the four five, four out of five times I look down at the speedometer. If I'm hot, I'm going at least five under the speed limit. Right. Some days... It might be 10. Some days I might be going half the speed limit. But (laughs) we're not, we don't go anywhere to where that is hazardous. Right. You know what I'm saying? We don't really travel a lot. We stay We're not on the interstate going 35. (laughs) We are on (laughs) fucking back roads and, you know. Or like Main Street in town, you know. Right, exactly. Where the speed limit typically is already like 25. Right. So it tends to work out for me. But have I sat at a stop sign for five minutes waiting for it to turn green? (laughs) absolutely (laughs) who hasn't i mean i've I've probably done that not high exactly exactly (laughs) you know what i mean so i mean there's numerous points to to look at when it comes to that do i think it's for everyone absolutely no because not everybody's tolerance is i mean for those of you who don't really know us we are pretty heavy potheads we smoke regularly you know average six blunts a day you know, sometimes more, sometimes less, but like we're the type of people where even if we stop smoking weed like today, it would still be in our system for months and months and months. Um, for me, I know that um, I've been smoking since I was 18. I'm 35. And up until two years ago, I would only smoke occasionally. Um, so I didn't really have um, the chance to drive while high it wasn't something that I did because when I would smoke weed it was typically when I was already at home settled in for the night or I was um hanging with friends and I knew I wasn't going anywhere so the first time I've ever drove actually high was uh, on Tori and I's first date we were smoking a blunt in the car and I took three hits and I was like I gotta stop or I'm not gonna better drive now clearly and I looked at her and I was like oh that's a thing like, I've became so accustomed to maintaining my highness to not see sober that I'm like, oh, well, maybe I am high. I, I'm right. just always like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and then I was also high driving in a brand new city that I've never been in. So, and then it started snowing and I never drove in snow. So I didn't want to be like blitzed up in my mind. But, you know, two years later our tolerance is the same and like there's I drive high more than I drive not high 
because for one, I hate driving to begin with. So typically when we go anywhere and we're together, which is like 99% of the time, the only time I drive by myself is when I go to work, uh, which sometimes I get high before I go to work. So I'm high when I'm driving. Uh, but Typically, she's hitting the blunt. I'm like, here, hit it before you leave. Right. Like, or I'll bring my children to work, and that way I can hit it when I get off or, like, if I have a break. Um, and, you know, there's been people that I work with that, like, there was a few that I've confided in that I've smoked before, and they're like, you've came to work high? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, we would have never known. And I was like, because I'm, fun- like, I'm functional. Do you know you who know? my wife is? <laughs> I'm very functional when I'm high. You don't want to know me when I'm not high. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, <coughs> I looked up some information on um, different thoughts on this topic and, like, things from around the world. So when we, we lived in Colorado um, for a short time, it- tried it out. It's definitely an expensive state to live in. Um, those of you who do live there, you're lucky as hell. We absolutely love it. Especially the weather. Yeah, for sure. Uh, obviously, because of the marijuana. Um, but Well, and everybody was just so chill. Like, <coughs> there were so many down-to-earth people in Colorado. And, like, but it made sense because, like, you it's know. It's a weed state. Yeah. Uh so anyways, while we were there, um, we learned that they, indeed, this did not happen to us personally, but legally, if you're pulled over in the state where it is either medical or recreational, legally, they can issue you a... Blood, blood or saliva test. Blood, blood <coughs> test, which is going to test your THC levels. Now... They claim that it's testing the THCA, so that's going to be your active THC. Um, we all know that THC <laughs> is absorbed in fat cells, so what's that tell you? The fatter, the <laughs> longer it's going to stay, right? Which is not always the case. There's always metabolism, metabolism to take into consideration, but... With that being said, I don't think that when you're testing my THC levels that you should be able to go how far back? Cannabis metabolites remain in fat cells after you stop smoking and can be detected for as long as three months in frequent pot smokers, including medical marijuana patients who regularly have elevated THC blood levels. Um, That's not fair. No, definitely not. And also... It was some, like active pot smokers, it could stay in your bloodstream up to three months. So that means like if Tori or I would smoke right now, that in... Which we are. <coughs> we are. Sev- yeah, we are clearly. In 70 days, the joint ice, the blunt I smoke right now is still going to be showing in my bloodstream. And I might have not smoked since today, but if they could pull me over for some other reason and test my blood, it's going to show that and they're going to say I was driving while high. Now that is so fucked up to me. So fucked up. And there's this thing that I read that, um, let's see where it's at. I took some notes like a big old nerd. Uh, okay. Yes. Uh, THC in the bloodstream stays for weeks to months so compared with alcohol its presence reveals less about a driver's condition some areas have laws that define a predetermined concentration of thc in the blood is illegal whether or not the driver 
appears impaired. So that means that some areas, they may stop you for a broken tail light, but if the cop thinks you're, you know, that if the cop has a feeling you're smoking marijuana, whether you look impaired or not, he can test you for it. Oh, but let's forget Karen behind us in the minivan with seven children. And who a just, Who just finished off her bottle of wine and took her two prescription Xanax or Klonopin for the evening to go wine down. Right. At her friend Jessica. Oh, Jessica. <laughs> um, and then also some ju- jurisdictions, including Colorado have set standards for what constitutes cannabis impairment, such as 5 nanograms of THC per milliliter of blood. Do you guys know what a nanogram is? I I sure the fuck... I know it's small, nano. It is a molecule. A molecule. So this is saying that a nanogram and weed, it's going to be literally less than a quarter of a gram. A Let me say that again, guys. (laughs) A quarter of a gram. You you guys know how much weight that is? I put more than that in a bowl. Okay. Um, When I really think about how little that is, we, in nanogram terms, we smoke... A thousand nanograms a day. <laughs> so, our chances of, of being tested and them actually letting us go are very slim. So, I just, I'm not finding that fair at all. They're now um, training police officers before they even get out in the field. One of the things that they train them in is phlebotomy. So, they're taking you... Essentially, to from your vehicle to an off-site area that's a lot of times found in, like, uh, what are they? Like, RVs. Mm-hmm. These sober RVs. Um, it's just, it is a money-hungry system that's attacking people who, who really aren't subject to be attacked. It's just not... It's not fair. I found this article and it said, depending on the concentration, like the percentage of THC in the marijuana that you're smoking, it's typically averaged at around 20% of a joint. I just said that. Yeah. So, I mean, well, I'm just like, it's it's facts. And, um, she's just She's just showing how smart her wife is right now. And then it says peak concentrations, <coughs> meaning like you'll get the highest, um, were 10 minutes after... Um, you inhale it. Uh, <clears throat> now, guys, those of you who dab, and you remain, you remain high for six to twenty-seven hours. I would love to stay high for twenty-seven. These hours. uh, these nanograms they're referring to is absolutely not the same equivalent to concentrates. In concentrates, we're talking about less than a pinpoint size dab. That's sickening to me. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in the cartridge form, we are not really able to give you a, a clear idea of what a nanogram is. Right. <coughs> it depends on your pool. It depends on your pen. It depends on your cartridge, uh, the consistency. A lot of variables take place. So it's it's baffling to me. 
you know, the, they say that you can have a couple drinks and, and then drive. But, uh, honestly, like, I do not see, I do not see it from their point of view at all. I also am somebody who does not consume alcohol. Um, an attorney in Colorado says that a person could be well over five nanograms and yet not have had any marijuana intake for five to six hours. As someone also could have had a little bit and been over that recently. There's no real set way to tell because everybody's limits is different. Um, yeah. So, this is not a test that has a baseline. This is not as simple as a blood alcohol level. No. It's not at all. And it's not at all fair because it's it's inconsistent. You know, especially if they are not stopping you for driving impaired. You know what I mean? Now, if you're, like, swerving and stuff, which is most likely, like, you, you might have been also drinking, which I've read something also that if you have marijuana and alcohol in your system, it, like, enhances the probability of you driving impaired, which I get that, but it's probably more so related to the alcohol. Probably. And when I say probably, yeah, you're right. And also, like, the White House is currently, um, they want a law to pass, or they're pro this law, where um, they want states that approved medical or recreational cannabis use to, you know, they can't even have that five nanogram. They want it to be zero. Like, like how is that going to happen? Especially, like, the medical marijuana patients. Like, nobody. If they're going to do that, <laughs> then in the same breath, they need to take... That blood alcohol level and it no longer be a legal limit. It be zero. If it's... Ooh, no. Right. No, no. Right, I get it. Not fair. Because think about it, like, you never see... It's okay for this person to go home and finish off a 30-pack before bed and they get out of bed. You know, they pass out at, let's say, like, 10, 11 (coughs) o'clock. Let's say that same person has to be... Back at work at 7, 8. Is their alcohol still in their system? Yes. Yeah, you probably still smell it on their breath. Yes. It's seeping from their pores. Now, if I smoke three blunts before bed and I wake up, I have never still been high. Right. Ever. (laughs) Me either. Maybe, maybe, maybe if I ate an edible before bed and I wake up, I'm still kind of feeling a little drowsy. But who's to say that's just not my right. body wanting more sleep? Right. So, it, you're telling me if I smoke three blunts before bed, wake up eight, nine hours later, and I'm driving to work, and I get pulled over, I am at an illegal limit for THC. So, initially, I need to, if I smoke weed, go ahead and just let everyone know, <laughs> I'm in for the week. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. Catch me inside. How, How about, about that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's not fair. That's not fair. No, there was a 2017 report by the U.S. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration that suggested the odds of being involved in a crash immediately after using cannabis are significantly lower than a crash after drinking alcohol. Duh. No, no shit. Duh. <laughs> how, how, how you don't much, see that on the news? How much tax dollars did it take for them to do that study to, to let us know? To be that? like, damn, we should have known that. 
I don't know about you, but I see uh, stuff on the news all the time about uh, wrecks involving alcohol or, you know, fatalities. And I don't remember ever seeing one due to cannabis. Y'all ever seen that meme that says the only real dangers of marijuana or like it makes it come off that marijuana is a really bad thing. But then it says all the things you'll start doing and it'll say like being pleasant, eating and, you know, stuff like (laughs) that. Right. And I'm so content with those um, bad side effects, as they would say. Right. This awful, awful dry mouth. You know, oh my God, I just can't handle it. I'm going to go get a glass of water. I rarely get dry mouth anymore. I think, was it yesterday I had it? Yeah. Uh, Yesterday I had it. It just truly, truly depends on the strain. Uh, Maybe two, three times a year I'll get it. Um. So I guess I'm lucky on that aspect because I know whenever I used to smoke a long time ago when I, my tolerance wasn't nearly as high, um, I'd get dry mouth all the time. But as we all know, as the years progress, the cannabis gets better in a sense, you know, compared to, you know, decades ago at least for sure. Until the government got their filthy hands on it and started regulating the THC levels. Yeah. We read this thing yesterday about, was it called oil syringes? Yeah. Um, I had mm-hmm. scrolled upon it in um, the Facebook group that we have. What? I know. But anyway, it was something cool that we looked up, and we'll probably talk about that on, um, you know, different interesting facts about cannabis. Uh, or different. Future episode. Probably an episode on on talking about just the different forms, you yeah. know, dabbing. Uh, uh, so concentrates, flowers, edibles, tinctures, um, topicals. The benefits of each different use. Absolutely. Absolutely. So stay tuned for that. But. <clears throat> so yeah, that's um that's our standpoint on driving while high. I. I think it's a great thing. I think more people should drive while high. There would be so much less road rage. So many people just just slowing down and chilling out. I find I concentrate better driving when I'm high too. You know? Oh yeah, I prefer because my anxiety is way down. I prefer you driving while high too because your anxiety is lower yeah. and you're just kicked back. Right, it. right. But um, anyways, we can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about driving while high and if let us know if it's for you or not. So, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Stay lit and see you guys next week. Bye. Peace.